This episode of the Invest Your Best podcast with Ali Kay is brought to you by Organifi. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition with high quality ingredients and less than three grams of sugar. And what I love about Organifi's superfood blends is that they are so easy. There's no chopping or juicing or any of that. You just mix in a scoop in your water, stir it up and you go. It's great tasting and Organifi really prides on keeping costs low. So it's less than three dollars a day. And what I've been loving is drinking Organifi's limited time gold chocolate, which is like an alternative to hot chocolate. And you know, the holidays are coming up. Who doesn't love a nice soothing cup of self-care? Organifi's gold chocolate has a soothing blend of herbs, medicinal mushrooms, and organic cocoa. So you can kind of just get that evening ritual, make yourself a cup of it and feel restored. And start Starting November 26th through November 29th, Organifi is having a huge Black Friday Cyber Monday deal. So if you use my code AllieK at checkout, you will receive 25% off everything and you'll also get free shipping over any order over $100. So go use my code AllieK when you're shopping with Organifi and get in on those deals. Welcome to season four of the Invest Your Best podcast with Ali Kay. Come along as I casually explore what it takes to live your best life mentally and physically by focusing on the things you can control, your thinking and actions. Come and listen as I have open, real, and honest conversations about what it takes to step into action to live your best life. It's time to invest your best. Hey guys, welcome to the Invest Your Best podcast. I am your host, Allie Kay. I am so excited. Liv, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm already having the best time. Liv, you are a certified meditation and mindfulness coach, right? So mindfulness was such a buzzword for me when I was in grad school about three years ago. And I think that's when all the evidence was coming out to support that it was an evidence-based practice for your mind. Tell me exactly what is mindfulness and why you think it's so important for people to practice it. Great question. There are a lot of different approaches and definitions of mindfulness. And for myself as a coach and also as a founder of a mental fitness studio, I consider mindfulness to be a greater awareness of the present moment and creating a more thoughtful pattern of every moment as it's happening, as opposed to being really distracted by ruminations over the past or worries over the future. With mindfulness, the goal is really to be present and be thoughtful and aware of everything as it's happening. 
And I think that's so important. We live in such a busy world. Like everything is such a distraction. So tell me how you got into this. Just backing up, how did you decide that you wanted to get into mindfulness? Did you use it personally or what was your journey with that? It was definitely a story of a hot mess. I just dealt with a lot of stress and anxiety and loneliness in college and post-college working in startup culture. I always really focused on my physical fitness. And I was the person that thought, you know, if I can run a 5K and eat fruits and vegetables every day, that means that I'm fit. That means that I'm healthy and I should feel good. And at some point that just wasn't enough. I still woke up feeling anxious. I had panic attacks when I drank coffee. I was super stressed out with work and didn't really know how to manage these feelings. And no amount of soul cycle class ever left me feeling like, I had a better relationship with my anxiety or I was more able to stay focused in the present moment. And those were the muscles I felt like I really needed. Like my biceps and triceps were in a good place, but my (laughs) mental muscles were non-existent. I was really fragile. And so as basically a last resort, I started exploring mindfulness practices like yoga. I was going to yoga after work or I'd start using a meditation app in the morning to start my day with more calm. And then when I really got into it, I was Googling journaling prompts and writing down, you know, three things I'm grateful for and three things I like about myself and every morning before work. So I didn't feel so negative in that environment that was really crushing me. And the more I practiced these methods, the more I fell in love with them. And the more they truthfully changed who I am, like I'm absolutely a different person, still have my hot mess moments, but totally a different person in terms of my relationship with myself, my mindfulness, my relationship with the world and with loved ones, because I have this greater sense of calm and awareness that these practices really gave me. I love that. I am, I just, that resonates with me so much. Like the whole reason why my whole thing is an advocate to move your body. And I'm addicted to it because it's such a, I do it for my mental health. Like it started off, like, like you said, like, yeah, I want to get in the, you know, in good shape and eat my veggies and my fruit. But really I am consistent because of how it makes me feel, that mental side of it. And you mentioned mental muscles. What are those? With Liberate, our studio, we focus on five key mental muscles, which are presence, courage, gratitude, pride, and resilience. And these are the five mental muscles we choose to focus on based on our research in the space and our work with our mental performance coach partner to create our method. And within these methods or these muscles, you can be targeting specific skills. Like in presence, it's awareness. And in courage, it's flexibility and it's your ability to feel brave. In gratitude, it's that positive mindset. It's that appreciation nature. With our pride muscle, we really focus on self-love, compassion, confidence, these skills that it can be really difficult for millennial women to feel connected with. And then for resilience, that's all about, you know, creativity and overcoming obstacles and building that internal strength so that when something bad does happen, we feel like we're going to make it through. And that's, you know, just like we work out our physical body. We don't go to soul cycle after we break a leg or after, you know, we get in a bad accident or hurt ourselves. We go to proactively build these muscles so that we feel good on a daily basis and we want to encourage the same thing with our mental muscles. So we're not just meditating when there's a pandemic and we couldn't be more anxious. You know, We're Mm -hmm. meditating on a daily basis when we feel good because we're building that strength. 
I love how you've made it to muscles, like just to give that like visual idea and really relate it. Like you go to the gym, you work your biceps, you do leg days, like it all starts with your mind. And then there are those muscles, as you're mentioning, that you have to strengthen, you have to do the practice in order to build them and strengthen it. So Liberate, you started, it is the first mental fitness studio. So what does that entail? Like if someone were to go to a class or they subscribe to your online program, what does that look like? What what does a typical session look like? Yeah, you can think of it like the soul cycle of mindfulness. It's combining our favorite things. And really, you can join and take classes on demand the same way you would with another app. You can join community classes over Zoom. So you're practicing like you know a virtual yoga class, but it goes through our Liberate method of movement, journaling, conversation, and meditation. And then we also work a lot with teams and companies. So you can bring it to your you know HR department and say, "This is what I want to do for our next HR event. I am sick of happy hours and trivia's and you know keynotes on burnout." And it's just a way for us to work on ourselves and feel empowered because that was what was really missing for me was I love meditation apps and I love therapy and I felt really isolated in those environments. I felt like it was a great way to take care of myself, but I didn't feel proud of it. And I felt like I was kind of hiding these things that I was doing to take care of myself. Whereas, you know, we're Insta-storying us at a workout class and we're making Mm -hmm. plans to go with a friend on a Saturday. And it's this thing that we feel really proud of. And it didn't make any sense to me that that same environment didn't exist for our minds. Yeah. And it starts with the mind. I can't, you know, reiterate that more that it starts with the mind, but okay. So I got to be completely honest with you. One thing that's always been on my list that I want to start doing is meditating. And I don't know, do you know who Jay Shetty is? Yes. Okay. I I figured, (laughs) but I read his book, you know, think like a monk. And there's so many studies that monks have done, you know, brain scans to see how different a monk's brain is because they do practice mindfulness and meditation. So meditation and mindfulness has been like top of my list that I want to do. And I'll download the apps, you know, and I just, I can't do it. Like, I just have to be on it. Like, I can't do it. So I like that you've added elements to it. Kind of talk about that. Did you ever struggle with that? Like, just, I don't know, just the whole meditation. Oh, yeah. I mean, I still struggle with it sometimes. It's a challenging practice because it's an exercise. So especially for people who have never done it before, you expect it to be easy because you think, well, I'm just sitting there, you know, Mm -hmm. breathing. That's what I do all the time. But think about the first time you went for a run or the first time you lifted heavy weights. It did not feel easy. It probably felt really uncomfortable and you didn't want to do it. You wanted to stop halfway through and you didn't really want to do it after it was done, you know, because you didn't feel the results. You didn't see the muscles popping out. And it takes time, just like a physical fitness exercise for you to start to see those results. So I think it's easy to get discouraged because it can be pretty uncomfortable for the vast majority of us who are moving through life at a million miles a minute. And we have music on or we have a podcast on or we're talking to somebody like we're never in silence and we're never totally still because we're all just busy bees. So it's it's a little bit of a jarring transition, which is why with the Liberate Method, it eases people into the practice. And a lot of our community members would tell you, they don't like meditation. They'll never like it. They you know, were intimidated by the practice. It's not something they would ever seek out. But with our class format, we start with intention setting. So you're grounding yourself in the moment. We go through mindful movements. So you're able to slowly start to slow down. 
we journal. So you're opening up, you're focusing on that creativity. And then we have conversations. So you're feeling more connected and safe in the environment. Then by the time we get to meditation, it's a little like Shavasana at the end of yoga. So you're really ready to just sit there or lay there and let all of the goodness sink into your being because we've teed you up for success versus saying, go from a million miles a minute to zero. And that's a more difficult transition. That said, meditation still isn't for everyone and that's okay. It's about finding what works for you. So you hate meditation, fine. Maybe you'll love journaling. Maybe you'll love nature walks. Maybe you'll love breath work. You know, that's not a one size fits all. And that's what's beautiful about mindfulness is when people ask me, you know, how much time a day do you spend meditating? How much time a day do you spend practicing mindfulness? My goal is that the answer is, you know, 20 hours a day or however many hours I'm not sleeping because it doesn't have to be this specific action that you're doing. The goal is through the exercises, it just becomes a way of being. So if you start journaling every morning, if you go for walks in the afternoon, you're able to carry that energy with you throughout the rest of your day. So, you know, if meditating is not for you, that's okay. (laughs) I like how you said it like that, because I think in my mind, it's like, okay, I need to turn off the lights and sit in the middle of my floor and breathe in for four and hold it. And, And it is uncomfortable. I like you said that before. It is definitely really uncomfortable to sit in silence, or at least for me, you know? So I like the idea of how you just learn that it's a part of, you know, your day, like you incorporate it here and there. Tell me about journaling. I know that's something that I really resonate with. Can you give us like kind of like a sneak peek of what you teach with your journaling? Yes. I also love journaling. It's my favorite practice. Whenever I'm going through a rut or not feeling super great, I'll be like, oh, you need to journal. And I'll bust out a couple prompts and pretty much immediately feel better. So mm-hmm. we incorporate journaling so that people can reap the benefits within you know, 10 minutes of the exercise and take the exercise with you. That's the beauty of journaling prompts. You don't just do it in class. You have that prompt now. So you can take it with you and do it daily or do it weekly and whatever you need to feel good. So one of the prompts that we do in our get proud classes that I really love is we make have done lists instead of Mm. to do lists, because I mean, I I would imagine you can relate to this. As soon as you cross something off your to-do list, you're adding something else. The to-do list Mm. is literally never empty. You feel like you're never doing enough. You're getting bogged Mm -hmm. down. You're behind. You can't sleep. You're stressed out. And so by taking a second to flip the perspective and say, okay, sure, that to-do list exists what have we done today? What have we done this week? Make that list, make that list so that it's longer than our to-do list. And then also take note of what qualities within ourselves allowed us to do those things. So maybe you got outside before work, even though it's really hard to do that because your schedule is swamped. That took your time management skills, your creativity skills to fit it into your schedule. And you can recognize your strengths within all that you've gotten done. And then you flip it, come back to the to-do list and say, which of these traits that I've just recognized about myself on my have done list can help me with this really overwhelming to-do list. And it creates this recognition that we have what we need inside of ourselves to do what we need to do and to feel good and to do our best work. And that's really what our prompts are all about. It's not about giving you something you don't have. It's about helping you recognize everything you already have that can give you what you want. So, yeah. so many different prompts. We have, I mean, hundreds of different prompts and they're all multi-prompt like that or multi-part. So they're building on themselves. But the goal is you have a super clear takeaway with each one. 
I like that. I like the idea of recognizing your strengths. You know, I think we're all guilty of just constantly coming from what we don't have or what we're not or what we're not doing and stuff. So I love the idea of highlighting your strengths. And I think that even drives more motivation to keep going, you know, to recognize, oh, look how far or look what you are and look what you can achieve. So I like that. I like the have done list. I'm going to apply that definitely with laundry. You know, with laundry, like you keep doing it, but you never get ahead. So I'm going to be like, I actually did something with the laundry. So I look at all this time I've done laundry. (laughs) It's true. It's like one of the unrewarding things in life is laundry. But so I'm a mom and I have, I have a seven-year-old, he's turning eight and I want to start incorporating mindfulness. What is like an age appropriate activity that I can start kind of teaching him that he can start applying to his daily life? I love that you're even thinking about that. First of all, it's so cool to see how parenting has evolved and it's gotten so mindful. My sister has a two-year-old and he, whenever he is upset, she, she always says, okay, what are your feelings? And, and then it'll be like, it's okay to feel frustrated. You still can't jump off the stairs, but it's okay that you feel frustrated. And it's such this, you know, such an open dialogue. It's really beautiful to watch, but for a seven-year-old, that's a really great age to do things like nature walks or when you're playing in the backyard, you can ask them questions to help them. I mean, kids are so present to begin with, but to be a little bit more mindful of their surroundings, which is a really great skill. So you can say, what do you hear right now? And ask them to describe the sounds. What do you taste right now? Think about you know the peanut butter and jelly they just had. What can you see? What can you touch? And then go through the five senses, taste, touch, sight, smell, and sound, and just have a conversation with them. And you can share too. You're like, oh, I see this. Like, did you see this? And help create a greater awareness. You could also form a a model of gratitude, maybe not using the word gratitude if that's too much, but saying, what made you happy today? Every night when you're tucking them in, what made you happy today? Or in the morning, what are you excited to do today? And create that more positive mindset. Again, kids are probably pretty positive, but we all have a full spectrum of emotions. So it's a good way to start those habits young so that they have the muscles built up when those teenage years are brutal and they need to remember to think of things that make them happy at night. And you know, you can learn from them too. Like I said, kids are so present and they find so much joy in the now that it's often a great reminder for you to be mm-hmm. more mindful too. Yeah. And that's one of my goals as a parent is just to be more present. You know, I feel like just again, going back to distractions, there's so many distractions. And then it's like, what were we even talking about in this moment? Like I'm not there. So that's definitely one of my goals. And I love the idea of asking them at night, you know, what made you happy today? You know, so I I like that. And I'm going to start incorporating that. And I think the listeners too, that's such a good takeaway. My last question for you is with going back to liberate in the fitness studio, the mental fitness studio. So when we go to the gym, we obviously want to see results and that's easy to do by like progress photos or seeing if you're lifting heavier. How do you measure your progress in your studio? For our corporate clients, we measure success and progress through intake form. So, you know, let's say you and your company are taking a program with us. At the beginning of the program, you'll come in and give us some qualitative and quantitative answers like rank your ability to stay focused in the present moment on a scale of one to 10. 
Maybe you come in mm-hmm. and you say, it's a two out of 10 because I'm working from home and I've got kids and I'm very distracted. And then at the end of the program, you'll do the same form and it could be a six out of 10. And so we're able to share those results with you so that you can celebrate and witness your success and also share it with the company so that they see the truth, which is it's important to invest in employee well-being and there is a big payoff and you know reward on the other side for the employees. And then on top of that, you know, if you're taking on-demand classes and just on your own journey, you'll begin to, if, especially if you keep the same journal every time, your answers to prompts and the way you approach prompts will begin to shift. The intentions that you write down will begin to shift. Maybe there's a greater sense of levity or it's easier for you to write things down or in the beginning, it was really hard to think of things that you were grateful for. So you can tell just like when you go to the gym and all of a sudden the two pound dumbbells I use are too light and I have to use threes. It's the same type of progress where you realize, oh, this is a little easier than it used to be. Maybe I can, you know, up the ante a bit. I like that. Well, thank you, Lib. Where can we find you on social media and also Liberate? We're at Liberate Studio on social and liberatestudio.com. We have a free seven-day trial for anyone who wants to check out live and on-demand classes. And I always love to hear from you and you know answer any mindfulness questions I can. So definitely don't hesitate to reach out. Yes. And I think definitely in the future, it'd be so cool to kind of do like a live together, maybe do like a sample yes. class, because I think you're so progressive with what you're doing. You're on to something. And I think in like 10 years, this is going, there's going to be so many of them and you're the first of your kind. So I congratulate you and doing this. I think you're doing such a good job doing this. Oh, thank you so much. That's the dream. I want a million copycats, <laughs> but let's yeah. definitely do a live. <laughs> yes. All right. Thank you, Liv. And this has been another episode of the Invest Your Best with Allie Kay, and we will see you next week. (laughs) 